And so we found a composer, a Brazilian composer, to write a piece specially for us. And she did that. Clarice Assad is her name. And she wrote this piece specially for us to play today and to play in Brazil. And what it does is it teaches us about Brazil because we're going partly to show and to bring what we've discovered and partly to learn what they have to offer. And the Brazilians have a lot to offer and to teach us. And we've already learned a lot from Clarice Assad. We started playing her piece and we made it sound American and that was not right. And then Clarice appeared one day at a rehearsal and sang the way she wanted her piece to play. And that was a breakthrough for us. So in order for you to enjoy this piece, I'm going to ask Clarice. Where is Clarice? Is she in here somewhere? Perfect. Normally we introduce the composer after the piece has been played. But in this case, I want her to share the inner workings of her musical life. So Clarice, show them the rhythm. Hello. <laughs> okay, my tempo, thank you. All right. Okay, sing more. The same. Do 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 I love that so much. That's uh, conductor Benjamin Zander of the Boston Philharmonic Youth Orchestra uh, <laughs> talking about this commission they did of Clarissa Saad and uh, you know how they, they kind of just played the notes on the page as, as they thought they should go and, and what a revelation it was when she came in and, and sang it to them, which, which is always interesting. It's, it's just so many things about that are fascinating to me. Uh, the, the, the tradition of uh, Brazilian music, of course, Brazilian folk music, how that translates to the orchestral tradition. Um, but also just uh, the way that you interpret black dots on a page. They don't, they don't give you all the information that you need necessarily. It's nice when the composer can be there to, uh, to sing it along with a metronome <laughs> for you. And I love that you invited her on uh, the stage to do that. If you watch the video on her website, clarissasad.com, she actually conducts right alongside him all the way through the piece, <laughs> which is uh, just a ton of fun. So we'll return to that piece later on in the program. I'll play the full thing for you. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead, and it's a great pleasure to have as my guest on the program today my good friend Clarice Assad, who I've known uh, for almost 20 years now since we were music students together at Roosevelt University. And I've watched her career blossom since then. Uh, no surprise to anybody who knew her back then that she was going to do great things. She's a wildly talented pianist, composer, vocalist, and arranger, one of the busiest people I know in music, constantly putting out new releases, new projects. She's toured everywhere. I mean, it's uh, this incredible tsunami of uh, good energy and fantastic music. Um, so it's wonderful to have her on the program. It was so great to be able to catch up with Zoom. And I'll start with a little bit of our conversation. Yeah, I, I don't think maybe I think about it too much. But of course, because I'm from Brazil, I long ago, I've become like tagged with the Brazilian <laughs> label on my back, like no matter what. So. I get a lot of, uh, and thank God, right? Like you get requests to write music. Yay, thanks. I love that. It's something that I'm really grateful for that people ask me to write music for them. That's amazing. 
And then most of the time I'll get requests to write something Brazilian, right? And I always say my biggest luck is that Brazil is so big. It's so huge that you can draw elements from so many different things and it will still be Brazilian, right? You can go to the south of the country and you'll get something completely different than if you go to the north, west or northeast. Different rhythms, different cultures, different everything. But it seems to me that really, you would have, um, at least in Brazil, how things were like altogether kind of like a mess, right? The African drumming and that kind of chanting, call and response that was going on. And then you have the European composers and the people writing the polka and the mazurkas. And then he mixed that together, like Ernesto Nazaré, he did that. He loved European music. He was a pianist and a composer, but he really loved rhythms from the African community and everything. So he kind of put them together and began the syncopation on the right hand of the piano and the left, kind of what uh, Scott Joplin did with jazz, except that both lines were syncopated in Brazilian music. <laughs> so he started doing that. And then here comes like Darius Mio, the composer, and he goes to Brazil and he writes things that were not even his. And he literally stole these guys' music, put his name down, thinking nobody's ever gonna know who these guys are. And then centuries later, you know, this is not this guy's music. He stole it and he, he did it on purpose, you know. That's so crazy. But that goes to show you that he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it, uh, the sincerest form of flattery, right? Theft. <laughs> it is true. Right? Yeah. Except that he made a lot of money on it, <laughs> which is you know, that's yeah. the it's the same with some of the the British rock musicians who who took so much from the blues, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you know, arguably. Maybe you should have shared some of that money <laughs> with yes. the guys who were still alive, you know? Totally. I, mean, I know. Some of those songs, I mean, it's just the tempos are a little faster, you know, they pioneered the minor blues, but man, it's the same. I mean, <laughs> it's the same. It is the same. It is the same. And there's so many things that uh, once, you know, you factor in really capitalism, then you even get, you get new types of music just because of that. We're just about to go into a fascinating conversation on how capitalism affects music, <laughs> how music uh, responds, I suppose, to capitalism, especially in Brazil. Um, but I'm going to save that because I want to hear some music by Clarice now. And this is the piece that I opened the program with, or rather the introduction from Benjamin Zander. So this is Bonecos de Olinda. Bonecos, by the way, are dolls. Uh, in Carnival, you see these really festive doll heads. Those are the Bonecos de Olinda. I think that idea is represented very well in the music. So here is Benjamin Zander conducting the Boston Philharmonic Youth Orchestra. Music by Clarice Assad.
Sounds like there weren't too many requests for a refund uh, at the concert that night. Uh, that was Bonecos de Olinda by Clarissa Saad. And we heard Benjamin Zander conducting the Boston Youth Philharmonic Orchestra. That was a piece that they commissioned. And I opened the program with that wonderful introduction where he talks about how uh, she had to teach them how to play it. And uh, they played it completely differently. And in fact, again, if you see the video on her website, clarissasad.com, uh, you can see her conducting alongside him, which uh, I've never seen a piece co-conducted quite like that before. It's pretty fascinating. Uh, well, right before we heard that piece, Clarice and I were about to launch into this uh, conversation about how capitalism affects music, especially in Brazil. So let's return to that conversation. I don't know if you know about, about samba. I mean, samba is very common. Everybody knows what it is. And people associate that with carnival, but samba used to be a lot slower than it is now. And the reason why it got so fast was because of prime time television because they had all these different schools of samba that had to go and, and do their dance. And they changed the style of the music. It used to be the kind of music that we were talking about earlier that you would dance from like swing from side to side. You kind of go like there's this jinga, right? And then it became a march. <laughs> you can no longer like dance like that. You have to kind of walk. <laughs> through this long uh, avenue with your dance school. And, and, and it became this thing because TV only had like, okay, we only had 10, 15 minutes for this entire troop of people to go. So we have to push the tempo a lot forward so everybody can go. And then they created a whole new style of music because of money, pretty much. Because how mm -hmm. is everybody going to stay tuned and watch all the school, schools of samba if they're all taken forever to pass. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you, you had this idea where you, you, you could package up Brazilian culture, export it to, you know, Americans, for example, as, as Carnival, as this beach living, you know, the what, what's the, the Jobim song, you know, this beautiful woman on the beach, um, mm -hmm. all, all of that stuff. But like you said, that, that actually changed these centuries old forms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's only known here. I mean, Bossa Nova is like a, a tiny speck on Brazilian music, a mistake, really. Like they call people really hate it over there. They call it racist because it was like um, they took the essence of samba, the essence of the community dancing and the favelas. They took it to their prime living, you know, zona sul, people with money, elitists making music, they took away the batuki, the rhythm, all of that. They took it away and they made it into something new, right? And it wasn't really well received in Brazil, but it was very well received in the States. <laughs> it made like a big splash. It kind of became mm -hmm. almost incorporated into the culture here. And I love that music. I really love it. I think it's so beautiful and so well constructed, but it's something that Brazilians have a most musicians anyway, who are no musicians. Only most musicians like it, but whoever, you know, you're not gonna hear Bossa Nova being played in the communities or favela, or they don't like it, or they don't even know about it. I think that's incredible, right?
João é José, o espinho na mão é um corte no pé São as águas de março fechando o verão E a promessa de vida do teu of the music that I love, that I absolutely love, that I am mo moved by, that I want to dance to, is syncopated. <laughs> it is like, it's, it's black, it's African American. It's like really with um, a lot more than um, anything that comes strictly straight directly from Europe. I don't know why, but that's how it is. Maybe because I was born in the Americas, you know? Mm -hmm. right. But it's definitely what moves me. And then I just wanted to go out and, 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 and connect, you know, it was nothing more than that. A little more of my conversation with my friend, Clarice Assad. And before that, some music. I thought it would be fun to hear her playing and singing Bossa Nova, which she does so incredibly well. Uh, this music that we all love, but uh, as she said, has a, has a very complicated legacy. Uh, that's from an album called Clarissa Saad Live at the Deerhead Inn. The Deerhead Inn is a really famous jazz club. It's not in New York. It's not in Chicago or L.A. It's in a town in Pennsylvania called Delaware Water Gap. But all the greats have played there. Clarissa's done sets there over the years. It's a very well-known and well-respected jazz club. In fact, they have their own label, Deerhead Records, and that album is on that label. Clarissa Saad Live at the Deerhead Inn. There she's playing a medley of tunes by Antonio Carlos Jobim, the king of bossa nova, and uh, beautiful, beautiful music, so wonderfully sung and played. And it's a duet with Keita Ogawa, the percussionist. Uh, they have played together a lot. I've been lucky enough to see them perform together live many, many times. They have this wonderful musical connection, as you can hear. Let's go a totally different direction now and feature a piece for viola and piano, an intimate chamber piece that Clarice wrote for the violist Matthew Lippmann, who wanted her to write a musical memoriam for his mother. Uh, in the program notes, Clarice says, by the time I started writing Metamorphose, 
I had a good idea about what might have been the relationship of Matt and his mother. The sweet and bittersweet moments, the final lingerings of pain that were still present in his voice as he mentioned how much he missed her, and the long journey of recovery into the person he is today. In my mind, the metaphor became clear in the beautiful and unexpectedly gruesome metamorphosis of a butterfly. When compared to the grieving process in all its stages, it made so much sense to me. The story of emotional, physical loss and pain, the transition from something so excruciatingly difficult into the freedom that perhaps only acceptance can provide to much of the suffering that takes place in the world in all its forms. Metamorphosi, uh, for us in English, is metamorphosis, of course. Let's hear the piece. This is Matthew Lippmann himself on viola and Henry Kramer on piano.
It's beautiful music by Clarice Assad, the piece called Metamorphose, or Metamorphosis, 
We heard Matthew Lippmann on viola and Henry Kramer on piano in a live performance, and the piece was commissioned by Matthew Lippmann. It's such a beautiful piece, has nothing to do with Brazilian music. I really wanted to make sure I showcased uh, many different aspects of Clarice's musicality. She said at the opening of the program that she often gets tagged as a Brazilian composer. Obviously, she knows Brazilian music inside and out, but there's much more to her as a composer as well. I want to play now a piece for violin soloist and string orchestra. It's called Dreamscapes. And Clarice says that Dreamscapes is a musical depiction of what happens during a dream, from the moment that one falls asleep until fully awake. Its form is loosely based upon her research on the subject of rapid eye movement and lucid dreaming. Here is Nadja Salerno Sonnenberg and the New Century Chamber Orchestra to perform Dreamscapes by Clarice Assad.
More beautiful music 
by Clarice Assad. That's Dreamscapes. We heard Nadja Salerno Sonnenberg and the New Century Chamber Orchestra. I love that piece. Uh, the writing for strings is just absolutely fabulous. The solo part is amazing. The playing, I mean, well, she's one of the world's most famous violinists, but uh, <laughs> still, even so, it should be said, that is a heck of a performance. A live performance of Dreamscapes by Clarice Assad. We have uh, just enough time for one more piece. I'm going to return to the Brazilian realm here. This piece is called Sem Tirar Nem Por, which loosely translates to give or take, uh, more or less, what have you. This performance is part of a fun project that the Albany Symphony does called Hot with Mustard. It features Clarice herself on vocals and Keita Ogawa again on percussion. For Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted. Thanks for listening.
razão E volta a ser meu samba bom que é no canto Miúde, só pra mim Era só mais um, era só mais Fiz um samba sem só de zoeira Não para de vamos capital Era só mais um Samba bem comum E nessa que tive eu todo igual Que vão surgir obras imortais. 